covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Great to have you with us. Episode number 267. I was just opening up a folder of where all these uh, podcasts are saved, and they're uh, saved by number, and I just happened to notice this is episode 267 as we have been doing this for quite some time, and it's great to have you for another week's worth of Brewers Talk. As always, if you want to get in contact with me, best way to do so on Twitter, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. And also, uh, if you do listen to the podcast on Apple Podcast and can leave a ranking and review and subscribe to this bad boy, that would uh, certainly be appreciated. If you don't want to do any of that and you just want to listen every week, you know what? We are absolutely good with that. Jerry Augustine is going to join us coming up in uh, just a few moments. He is our featured guest on this week's podcast. Always good to uh, talk with Augie, so he'll be with us in uh, just a few moments. We are recording this on Sunday night, so even though most of you are listening to this after Father's Day had officially come to an end, I can certainly say happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, all the people who... um, fill fatherly roles whether you're the father or not uh, obviously there's a lot of different life situations uh, going out there so uh, if it fits happy father's day to you and uh, for everything you do and a happy father's day to uh, my dad as well i would not be doing this i would not be where i'm at if not for my dad and i am forever 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 uh, grateful and appreciative all right so uh, this past week interesting week for the brewers they uh, wrapped up their third consecutive three city road trip things finished off strong as they get a three-game series sweep of the Cincinnati Reds. You know, I talked about this with Vinny Rotino on our Brewers Extra Innings postgame show, which if you didn't hear, you can hear on this uh, very same podcast feed. We really we make a big deal of so much stuff, just so much stuff, the the lineup and who's doing this and when you're using this guy and when you're using – like bottom line with this team – you kind of know basically what level of pitching you're going to get. Yeah, there's going to be some ups and downs to it, but you have a you know kind of a standard idea of the the level of pitching you're going to get. When your big home run hitters are hitting home runs, you're going to win a lot of games, and when they're not, you're not going to win a lot of games. And through the Cincinnati series, they got a bunch of home runs from Hunter Renfro and Willie Adamas, and you probably throw Rowdy Telez into that group as well as one of your big home run hitters. When those guys are going well, you're winning games. When they're not, you're not, and that's kind of the way things uh, were. But the Brewers is able to uh, come back with a three-game series sweep of the Cincinnati Reds as they wrap up again this third three-city road trip. Able to stay above 500 over these three-city th- three three-city road trips, just which is incredible, especially when you consider uh, some struggles inside of them. Now that long losing streak that they had uh, that started with the uh, San Diego and Philadelphia series, that was there's was a lot of home games in there that they ended up uh, losing. But then they go on the road. They lost two of three to Washington, able to salvage a game before that series ended. They lose two of three to New York, but then they come back and uh, they take three in a row against Cincinnati, and now they open up a, a week-long homestand, a four-game series with St. Louis starting on Monday. This could be a lot of fun. These two teams have the exact same record. They are tied for first place, and they will play a four-game series against each other, and then they welcome in a pretty good uh, Toronto team coming up later on in the week. The biggest news from this past week was the mutual decision between the club and Lorenzo Cain for him to be designated for assignment. So his time with the organization is over, and it seems likely 
that his time in Major League Baseball is over, although he left the door open for him to potentially sign with another team. If another team does show some interest, he'll go home, uh, spend some time with his family, and figure out where uh, he and where they want to go from here. A couple things. First off, what he has done for this organization over the last few years, you think about the day that he and Christian Yelich, both for him coming back to the organization, for Yelich coming to the organization, uh, that day, it was a Thursday, I remember it well, uh, That it's such a big moment for this current run of playoff appearances and this really competitive era of Brewers baseball, maybe the golden age of Brewers baseball, that it's him he's such a big part of it and that day of the acquiring Kane and Yelich on the same day it's such a kind of a big moment uh in this whole thing that's happened over the last few years and then the way he played even with the struggles late in his career the way he played what he did defensively what he was able to do from an offensive standpoint uh the presence that he had in the clubhouse uh just absolutely incredible it just didn't come back to him this year and those things happen. The old adage, the cliche is that, uh, you know, time, age, it's undefeated, right? Father time is undefeated. And I think this was a, a case of that. The bat seemed just a little bit slow. And I was, I, I'm looking back, like, not looking back on it because it, it's, you know, less than two days old. But the thing that kind of confused me through this entire period was as he went through these struggles, I thought to myself, why, why are they not finding an injury? You can always find an injury. And with a guy like Lorenzo Cantlay, he was always hurt. Why are they not finding an injury, set, sitting him down for a little bit, letting him go to AAA for a week or so and see some AAA pitching and to see whether or not that could kind of get him out of whatever was going on. And that never happened. And this podcast, my post-game shows, I talked about that a lot. This is If you listen to me a lot, this is not the first time you're hearing me say this. And it just never happened. And now that we know that uh, he was designated for assignment the day that he reached 10 years of service time, so he's fully vested in the Major League Baseball pension, it just feels like that this was somewhat telegraphed for a while that they were shooting for that date. Now, if he turned things around and he got things going, then maybe there's a different conversation to be had. But just with the fact that it does happen on his 10-year date for uh, for Major League uh, service time in, in the pension, it just felt like – and good on the Brewers. Good on the Brewers. Maybe they carried him on the roster a little bit longer than they would have liked to. But something in a 162-game season, yeah, I mean, this this team had the best 50-game start in franchise history. Kane was not dragging them down. And I know they struggled a little bit, but there's a lot of guys who were not hitting during that period. I don't think we can sit there and say, oh, if they wouldn't have had Lorenzo Kane, if they would have already called Johnny Davis up, this would be this would be different. No, no, that's, that's crazy talk right there. So they let him get to his uh, 10 years of Major League Baseball service time. That's a really classy move by the organization. And by the way, like, Maybe this plays pays out dividends later. Maybe it doesn't. Don't tell me for one second that other players around baseball don't notice that. Don't notice that the Brewers are an organization that will essentially honor you. Like allowing him to get to his 10-year service time mark before moving on from him, that's a classy move, and that is something that is going to be noticed. And I've, I've thought for a while 
that playing for the Brewers and being in Milwaukee, this it, there is a uh, in some ways it is a destination location for Major League Baseball players. Now, money is a big part of this, and the Brewers are not going to spend the way other teams spend. And at the end of the day, if a player is offered gobs and gobs and gobs of money by one team, a whole lot less money by the Brewers, they're not going to take the whole lot less money in all likelihood to play for the Brewers, to play for Craig Council, that sort of thing. But if it's close, if the if the offers are close, all these things kind of go into the bank. They're all small deposits, and players notice. Players absolutely notice that this is an organization that did uh, the classy thing and allowed Lorenzo Cain to get to his full 10 years of uh, service time and therefore the full Major League pension, uh, which is a very, very big deal, both in the the money that you receive and just from like a stature standpoint. And we'll talk with Jerry Augustine about that coming up in uh, just a few moments. In fact, let's get to this. Uh, Jerry Augustine is our featured guest this week. Uh, you can still hear him uh, on Brewers Extra Innings, the post-game show on occasion. I've been working with Augie for many, many years now. Always love our conversations, so uh, very happy to welcome uh, Jerry Augustine back on uh, to the program. Uh, it is Father's Day as we are recording this on Sunday night. So, Jerry, happy Father's Day. Thank you so much for uh, taking some time. How are you? I'm doing great. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. This is a special day, and uh, I'm feeling great. Uh, It's nice to be back in Wisconsin, finally. I've been back about 10 days, and I I think I've seen about 10 to 15, at least that many, my grandkids' baseball games. So I'm excited and enjoying time. Yeah, you so uh, you split time between uh, Arizona and Wisconsin. And uh, you've gotten to be, um, you're, I know you're coaching your grandson even more. And you've always, as long as I've known you, you've always been very proud. And you've told me about uh, your the athletic endeavors of your grandkids. And uh, you'll tell me when you're trying to fix uh, some some pitching you know, mechanism or whatever in, uh, in one of your grandkids. But I know you're doing that even a little bit more now. How much fun is that for you? Oh, it is. You know, just watch. You know, you, as a as a parent, you watch your kids go through it, and you look at at what you went through as a kid—the nervousness. And I'm gonna tell you what: it doesn't change, Matt, when you become a grandparent. It gets it. it I think it's worse because you really want your grandkids to go and perform. But I think you learn at the same time that there's going to be ups and downs in sports. We see it not only on the little the younger children's levels but we see it on the professional levels and i think that has been the most fun that i've enjoyed is just to go out and watch young kids play and watch how they go about the game and how much they enjoy it and then be excited with them when they do something well um this this brewers team just wrapped up their third straight three city road trip and they stay above 500 during that entire time when you you know combine the records from the three three city trips. Uh, can you have you ever seen that before, where a team is sent on three three city trips? You know, I, I don't re- ever remember that, Matt. And I, you know, when I in the beginning of the year when they came out and they said they had to go, and the year was moved back because of COVID and all these things that. There, after the first road trip, the next three were going to be three city road trips. I couldn't believe it. I actually went and looked at the schedule to see it. I've never heard of that. And uh, you talk about a team that is resilient, that has to go out and play good baseball. To go on these three city road trips, they're very difficult. And I don't care who you're playing, who the opponent is. It's just very difficult to go and not find a consistency where you play four or five games at home and then four or five games on the road. But to see what this team has been able to accomplish on these three road trips, three city road trips on each of them, 
to see what they've accomplished. They've done a really good job, and I'm looking forward to them getting healthy and then really taking off the rest of the season. All right, so people who listen to the post-game show, Brewers X Journeys, uh, know one of my favorite uh, Twitter accounts out there is the Twitter account of a guy by the name of Doug Kern who just finds these random nuggets from baseball <laughs> games. And, Augie, you pop up in these things fairly often. And uh, this past week when the Brewers were playing the Mets, uh, they had a game where they had a seven-run inning. They had a seven-run fifth. And this guy, Doug Kern, found out that for the Brewers, it was their first seven-run inning in a game played in New York, so against the Mets or against the Yankees, since April 21st, 1978. And on that game, April 21st, 1978, the Brewers beat the Yankees 9-2, where they score eight runs in the fifth inning. And the starting pitcher that day is Jerry Augustine, who goes six and third innings, two runs, seven hits, one punch out, four walks. Uh, remember anything about that game? I'll tell you what. Anytime I got I got those kind of runs, I was a happy man. You know, it, it was funny back in those days how when you pitch and you had the rivalry with the with the New York teams, especially the Yankees. Anytime you met, it was a special rivalry. But uh, you know, for a team to go out and and score some runs the way those teams were able or capable of, you just kind of as a pitcher had to keep your team in the ball game. And uh, that was one game where I I did. I did well enough to keep us in the ball game. We went out, we scored a bunch of runs, and uh, won the ball game, and that was most important. And uh, it's neat to have a team score some runs. You just got to keep them close. And uh, that day was a, a lucky day for me because uh, we got the big win that day. Buck Martinez was your catcher that day. Was he a good guy to throw to? Yeah, he was excellent. You know, Buck Martinez, and you know, we were very fortunate. We uh, and all the catchers when while I was in Milwaukee, uh, we had good defensive catchers. Number one, very good behind the plate, but smart calling games. And I think that's the one thing where I thought that we really, really did a good job and benefited from when you had the Ted Simmons and them and the Buck Martinez's and the Larry Haney's and the Charlie Moore's and even Andy Escherberry when I first came up. These guys all called great ball games, and the thing was, you had to have confidence in what they were trying to accomplish. And I, I tell you, once you got on a roll with them, especially with a guy like Ted Simmons, if you got a roll on him and you were able to command what he wanted to wanted to throw and locate the pitches and execute, uh, you usually had a pretty good ball game. And those guys were great, but Buck Martinez was a special guy behind the play. It's really cool to look at who all was involved in this game. The Brewers lineup includes. Molitor, Money, Cooper, uh, Ogilvy, Bando, Gorman Thomas, uh, just some of the players for the Yankees that day, Willie Randolph, Thurman Munson, Reggie Jackson, Lou Pinella, Bucky Dent was their shortstop that day. It's just I, I always get a kick out of these because um, – I was not alive in 1978, Augie. I was I was still four years away from being born. I'm not trying to make you feel old, but it's really cool when when I see these things and I get to click on them and just see uh, everything that happened. So I thought I, I saw your name and I wanted to bring this up with you. Yeah, you know it's really neat, and you know those Yankee teams are some great teams each and every year. Uh, they were teams that were vying for the championship, and uh, when you pitched against the Yankees, you really had to have a good command. You had to understand, and you know you know guys that when they come in the lineup, they're swinging the bat. Uh, I can give you an example: is we all knew that Reggie Jackson. You watch what Reggie Jackson the way he's swinging the bat about a week before he comes, you play him, and if he's swinging the bat good, you really have to really crowd him. 
And if he's not swinging the bat good, you get away with a little couple pitches away, sliders away, and fastballs away. I used that on him after my first two years in big leagues when he hit a couple home runs off me and cost me four or five wins. I changed my, my way I went about him and had a lot of success against him. But that was a great, great offensive ball club that the Yankees had. And uh, our team was much, much, it was much along the same way. It was always a good battle when any time we played the Yankees. You know, I, um, I was on Dennis Krause's TV show lately with, uh, and Lance Allen was there, and we had this conversation on the TV show, and I think it's an interesting one to be had right now. So a lot of people believe, and I think I'm probably in the category, we're, we're arguably living in the greatest era of Brewers baseball right now, just in the sense that they're making it to the playoffs year after year after year. But, Augie, you go back to some of those teams back in the day that didn't make the playoffs, had the same number of teams made the playoffs then that make them now. There's a bunch of Brewers teams that were darn good that would have been in the playoffs, and maybe we would have looked at some of those teams in the 70s and 80s a little bit differently had they been playoff teams. Yeah, I think it did a little bit the same when you look when George Bamberger came over to what he did with our pitching staff, the way we, we changed our approach and uh, the way we went out and swung the bat. We we had three or four years in a row there where our win-loss record was outstanding and we were not far out of being uh, close to getting the playoff contention. So those were good teams, but, you know, you look at the era that we're going through now with Brewer Baseball, I'm so proud of the organization that the culture, I call it the Craig Council, uh, culture that has changed since he's been over here uh, has done such an awesome job and uh, they continually go out and they do the things they have to do to win baseball games and they're very competitive they're very proud they're re- very resilient and they're a team that's really going to I think this year their best is yet to come and, and we got a long way to go it's a long journey each and every year I think you understand that Matt it's going to be interesting to watch what this club does the rest of the year through all the adversity they've been through over the last month or so, and they've dealt with injuries, they've dealt with some losing streaks in there, here they are, and they're going into a four-game series against St. Louis starting on Monday, and the two teams are tied for first place. And St. Louis, I think they got in as much as two and a half games up in the division. The Brewers have had one of the biggest leads in the division of any division in baseball at one point uh, this year when they got off to their best 50-game start in, in history. And, you know, just the, the baseball season, the 162-game baseball season, is such a journey, Augie, but here we are after everything that's happened. You've got two teams in the Brewers and Cardinals who have an identical record going into a four-game series it's going to be a lot of fun yeah you know they start off the beginning of the season and what was what was this division looking like it was looking like it was going to be the the brewers and the cardinals and we were kind of trying to figure out what the cincinnati reds were doing they were getting rid of all their good pitching that they had last year although they got some good young pitchers and what pittsburgh was trying to do and and uh, and also what the chicago cubs are doing they got rid of so many good players that it was going to be the Brewers and Cardinals. And, you know, when you go out and you play a season, you have to play good in your division. And that's exactly what this Brewer Ball Club's, Club is doing. I believe they're 11 games over 500 in division. They're playing very well against the teams. they got winning records, I believe, are at 500 with everybody in division. You have to play well in your division, that's, especially this year. You're going to play about 79 games in that division. It's going to tell a lot. But this is a fun ball club to watch. They do a lot of good things. And, you look at what they're doing as far as whether it's be from the offense, the pitching, or the defense. I tell you, they're starting to combine everything together and play good baseball. But uh, they went out, finished out this this last road trip on a very high note. I'm looking forward to this series against the 
against the St. Louis Cardinals, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. The Brewers and the Cardinals have an advantage that arguably no other teams in baseball have because this is the NL Central is the only division in baseball with just three flat-out bad teams. Pirates, Cubs, and Reds are bad. In the, in the NL West, the Diamondbacks and Rockies are bad. In the East, uh, the, the Nationals are bad. I don't think the Marlins are, but even if you include the Marlins in that group, um, there it's still only two. Same thing, AL West. Oakland's bad. That's about it. Um, Seattle should be better than their record is. Central, Detroit, and Kansas City are bad, but the other three are pretty good. Obviously, the AL East is really, really good um, this year outside of Baltimore. So, really, the NL Central, to me, is the only division that has just three bad teams. And when you're playing your divisional games as much as you play, that means you've got an opportunity to build up some wins that teams uh, around the rest of baseball don't get the opportunity to do so. Yeah, you have to play good in your division. And, and, I, and I really respect what the Brewers have done. They have played very well in the division. I just said that they were about 11 games up if, uh, over 500. And, you know, they're playing good against the teams in the division. You have to do that. You have to beat the teams you have to beat. And uh, I think the Brewers have done that. And they all, they've done it in baseball, too. You go and you, you play the Nationals. You play some of these other teams that you mentioned. They've fared very well against the teams that are not above 500, are lo- lower than 500, and going out playing good solid baseball and you know it starts with their pitching their pitching i still say matt is the best in all of baseball yes they're going through some injuries right now they got some things that are going on but they're having some great guys like like jason alexander and hobie milner and you know trevor kelly you're really stepping up and and throwing the ball very well and that's what you have to have and i think it comes from this organization and when this organization is based that there are no expectations of you. you your only expectations are to go out and do the best you can be. We're not going to put any expectations on you. Go out and do the best you can. And these kids are going out improving it and helping this ball club, ball club play very well. Yeah, you mentioned Jason Alexander, and he's been one of the best stories that we have seen uh, this year for this team. A guy that I, I would I would bet very few Brewers fans even knew who this guy was before the season got started. He was not somebody who was coming up uh, in the organization. He signed as a minor league free agent. And here we are. He's four starts into his major league career, and he's a he's an older major. He's an older rookie. He's in his late twenties, and maybe that's helping him out here. But he's one and zero, a two four two ERA. He's getting a ton of ground balls. Uh, the the average against him actually isn't very good. Hitters are hitting three thirty against him. But Augie, the thing is, he keeps like finding his way out of trouble. Uh, runners get on doesn't matter he gets the ground ball for the double play he gets the ground ball with the you know runner with you know infielders in like he just he works his way out of trouble like he's some 33 year old 10-year veteran and he's a he's a 29 year old rookie it's been really fun to watch yeah he really has man you know when you look at him I the thing I respect out of most, you know, we talk about pitching. We talk about the different things and the brands that you need to be a pitcher. And it's it's all about the physicalness. All these pitchers have a certain physicality that make them a major league ready, be able to pitch in the major leagues. And then you can look at their stuff and they got the curveball or slider or whatever it is. And what you want to do is take the best pitches you can and make them better. And I think the one thing with a, a guy like Jason Alexander is the mental part of the game. And I think this is where the Brewer Ball Club is really flourished on the pitching side of it some of these guys like a Hobie Milner and and a Trevor Kelly and Jason Alexander that we're just talking about and you're looking at guys that have come up like Ashby and these guys it's that mental side of the game where they have been learning that how to pitch better 
to be more consistent. And I think Alexander just has done such a good job of understanding how to get people out and what he needs to do when he has to make that big pitch. And his sinker is a big pitch. He gets it down, but he also locates the ball very well. So it's great to see. It's a big part of this ball club. Where would they be without these guys? These guys have stepped up and done a great job for this Brewer ball club. As much as we credit the pitching, and the pitching certainly deserves it, it seems like when when the big hitters, when Willie Adamas, when Hunter Rentro, when, when, when Rowdy Telez are hitting home runs, the Brewers win. And when those guys are not hitting home runs, the Brewers don't win. Are you concerned at all still about the consistency from an offensive standpoint of this club? I'm kind of interesting. It's been kind of interesting. Ever since they put Christian Yelich at the leadoff, I sit sit back and I go, Christian, Christian, should you be a leadoff hitter? Uh, Where were you, you know, before when you think about his MVP years, he hit second. Well, you got Willie Adamas who's having just a, who's starting to swing the bat very well. And then you had Christian hitting third. But you know what? I remember back in the, in the, in some of the glory years for the Brewers when they had Robin hitting, Robin, uh, Paulie hitting first and Robin hitting second in their Hall of Famers. That wasn't too bad. And <laughs> since they put Christian in that leadoff spot, it's really sparked this ball club of, of him getting on base, starting to swing the bat, starting to get a better idea on it. It'll be interesting to see what they do when Colton Wong comes back. But I think when you get the top two parts of your batting order, swinging the bat better and getting on base and being good, giving good at-bats, it really makes a difference for the other guys in the lineup. They talk about hitting being contagious. I think it starts right at the top of the lineup, and I think with Christian at the top of the lineup so far, it has been contagious a little bit, and they're swinging the bat a little bit better. And with Colton Wong, he's one of those guys where, I mean, you can really put him anywhere in the lineup. Maybe maybe you don't want him hitting in the four spot, but he's got some pop. Like You, uh, you know, against lefties, he's hit in, in the nine spot or the eight spot. It's just, it feels like, yeah, they've put Wong in the leadoff spot, but with Yelich having success there, it, it's pretty easy to find another spot for Wong in the lineup. Yeah, he's a pesky hitter. You know, he's got such a great idea at the plate. I don't care if it's left-hand pitcher or right-hand pitcher. He just has that great idea and has really come through for the Brewers and swinging the bat very well. It's interesting, like you said, that you can put him anywhere in a lineup and he's going to do good things for you. And I just think that when you got it, you get the guys like uh, like Rowdy Taylor swinging the bat well, and he gets goes through a little bit of phases where he he struggles a little bit. But now you're you're seeing you're seeing Renfro starting to swing the bat a little bit better, and you're getting some of these guys chase Chase Peterson. Where would this club be without the, his presence in the lineup? All these guys are starting to swing the bat a little bit better, and I, I think right at the top of the lineup, but with with putting these guys at the top of the lineup has really been a a positive thing for the club. So we'll see how it works out when Colton comes back. They can make some changes. That's what's so good when you can be versatile in your lineup, and it'll be interesting to watch to see what Craig Council does. Before I let you go, I want to talk about um, Lorenzo Cain for a few moments. This past week, uh, he got to the 10-year mark of uh, service time, and he and the organization made the decision to part ways. He's designated for assignment. We'll see whether or not he continues his career or not. It's going to see. Could depend on if any other teams are maybe interested in him and probably what his family says when he gets back home to Oklahoma and and sits down with his wife and his kids, what makes the most sense uh, for them. But it, for me, uh, you remember that day where Lorenzo Cain returns to the organization and Yelich is acquired and they, it was on a Thursday because I remember hosting Brewers weekly on WTMJ that Thursday night 
Augie, we can easily make the argument that it was that day, the day that Yelich and Kane uh, are, are with the team, that things officially turned around and they were officially a winning ball club. And then that was the year, that was 2018, where they go to, uh, to Game 7 of the uh, NLCS. You know, when they when he picked up those guys, I remember I remember listening to the sports shows and your shows show as one of them that they talked about how neat it was to pick up these two style of guys. And we talked about a little bit of, uh, from time to time that we thought that maybe Christian Yelich coming to a, a ballpark like Milwaukee rather than Miami would have the abilities to really swing the bat well and even be at the level of an MVP. And he did that. But I think what was hidden there was the Lorenzo Cain, the leadership qualities that he had. You could see it back with Ned Yost. I remember talking with Ned Yost in spring training one time. I, I asked him, I said, Lorenzo Cain, how good is he? And he says, he's way beyond good. He does more things for a ball club that we don't even know about. You don't see all the great things that he does. And I think he brought those qualities over here, a leadership quality, a winning attitude type quality, and an understanding that, you know what, you go out and give your best each and every day, but at the end, by what, by the end of the day, you have to smile, enjoy what you do, and he brought that culture here, and I think that really helped this organization when they picked up these two guys, and that attitude that they brought really did a a big thing for this organization, and uh, I don't think uh, David Stearns could have made a better move than the picking up Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain. The organization did not have to wait for him to get to 10 days, uh, 10 years of service time and become fully vested in the pension and everything. I don't know if the average person out there completely understands the impact of that and, wh- and what it means for a player to get to 10 years and what it means for the Brewers to allow a player to get to 10 years. The respect. I think you see it, Matt. I think, you know, we've talked so many times off the air and we're talking about this ball club. We talk about how this organization works and the respect that they have for players. And that's going right along with the, the Craig Council culture and David Stearns and Matt Arnold. And also, you know, you talk about the expectations for players. They don't put expectations on guys. And I think when you've got a guy, guys like this and you're able to do it, that respect that they have for players is really immense. It's really saying that we not only respect you as a Major League Baseball player, we respect you as a person. And I tell you, they showed it to, they showed it to Lorenzo Cain, and the Lorenzo Cain really he showed it to the Brewer fans to show the quality of player and the type of person he was and is. I don't know if there is a more exciting play in baseball than bringing a home run back. I mean, there's some defensive plays on the infield I guess if you turn a triple play if you throw out a runner at home but there's something about the bringing a ball back into the park and there is nobody better in the last 10 plus years of Major League Baseball doing that than Lorenzo Cain I just hope people are able to realize like how how special it was that we got a front row seat for so many of those kind of plays you know you know Matt as much as and I think you'll agree with me this. As much as we enjoyed him going up over the fence and making those catches, that smile on his face after he made it and coming up with the no-no, we enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed the catches because of the style of ball player. He's all out. He gets a great idea of what he has to do. He gets a great jump on the ball. And I'm going to tell you, when you're in a game with, with, with Lorenzo Kane, it's about going and enjoying the game. But yet, hit the ball to me. I don't care where you hit it. I'm going to get it 
And a lot of times he did get it, and he did it with a smile. And I'll always remember that about Lorenzo Cain. He is Jerry Augustine, former uh, Brewers pitcher. He still joins me on Brewers X Turnings uh, on occasion as well, and we always love being able to uh, catch up with him. You can follow him on Twitter at jaugie 46 Augie, thank you so much for your time. I, I love our conversations and look forward to uh, doing it again real soon. Oh, man, it's always great being with you. It's one of the joys that I've had the last several years is to do the extra innings we have. We we get into some great conversations, and that's what this is all about for our fans. So great being with you. The best luck to you, and happy Father's Day. That is Jerry Augustine joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. That was a fun conversation. So the Brewers getting set for a four-game series against St. Louis that starts on Monday night at American Family Field. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are 7-10 first pitches. And then on Thursday, they'll have an afternoon game to wrap up the series. That game is scheduled to start at 1-10 in the afternoon. Good pitching matchups all the way around. Monday, Corbin Burns against Miles Michaelis. Tuesday, Aaron Ashby against Jack Flaherty. Wednesday, Eric Lauer against Adam Wainwright. And then on Thursday, Jason Alexander against Dakota Hudson. You can hear all the games on WTMJ. And, of course, we have Brewers uh, X-Trains following the games on WTMJ as well. Thanks so much to uh, Jerry Augustine for joining us on the podcast. Thanks to you for being tuned in. And we'll talk to you again real soon for another edition of Brewers X-Trains, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.